Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. The Square Ball Podcast. Hello there, the podcast is brought to you by Levi Solicitors, who will give you 10% off your legal fees at levisolicitors.co.uk forward slash the square ball. My name's Dan Moylan, hello to you. Uh, with me, Michael Normanson. Hello. And Moscow White, Daniel Chapman. Hello. A quick reminder that you can get hold of TSB Plus if you're not yet subscribed, which will give you every magazine digitally that we've done since 2009. All these podcasts add free priority access to the match ball for our well, it's going to be the title-winning season next season, isn't it? So you're not going to want to miss out on that. Uh, daily email with all the essential Leeds United news, discounts on our merch, all of it at thesquareball.net forward slash plus. Straight into the goings-on at Ellen Road, and the big one was the Stuart Dallas of the Year Awards there on, on Sunday night after the West Brom game. No surprises then that he won just about everything. Did he win Young Player of the Year as well? If not, he should do. I did notice, actually, he can hold three awards at once, can Stuart Dallas, whereas you, Dan, can't even hold one. But um, well-deserved. I, I, did we all vote for Stuart Dallas? Did we vote at all? I didn't vote, no. I, I missed all the, the actual voting, but I enjoyed the show. I wasn't even aware we could vote. Okay, well, I voted for Stuart Dallas. <laughs> anyway, well, but congratulations to him anyway. And I would like to say, in mitigation, when I did drop our first FSA award, which was glass, and they didn't make them glass from any more years after that, I like to think I was responsible for that. So I, I helped them evolve their offering. It was about two in the morning and we'd probably drunk a lot more than Stuart Dallas and all the squad combined by the time that came around. Mm, I think it was close. He did his, his first um, appearance on the, the green room show with the F2 and Bex. He uh, declared himself tipsy. And then when he was back again about two hours later with even more trophies, I think um, he was quite tired and emotional. <laughs> but given that those lads are what they're hovering around the 75 to 80 kilogram mark, I imagine it probably took half a sip of shandy to get them going. I mean, we saw Rafinha's uh, barriers come down, didn't we? He was having a nice laugh and a joke, telling uh, Stuart to speak in, in Spanish, or was it the other way around? Yeah, there, there was all sorts of crossed, cross talk going on at that point. And the second talk around, I mean, everybody I think has seen the clip of Stuart Dallas trying to do his big kind of emotional speech that, you know, Pablo and Gatano were leaving and they're not just teammates, but they're friends. And then I think... And Alioski, and Alioski. Well, yeah, and I think that that's been taken as um, by some websites as uh, Dallas drops hint that he's leaving. I think he just didn't want to leave him out in case he was going. He was like, oh, "I don't want to leave Alioski out." But yeah, and um, it was Rodrigo's response to that was to just shout, 
Oh, boo-hoo-hoo. Over him while Rafinha um, laughed in his face and then over on the... <laughs> Over on the the right of the screen, it was kind of it's harder to notice, but Ailing was just quietly balancing his bottle of beer on Jermaine Beckford's head. <laughs> which uh, oh, hashtag lads Beckford then took it off him, and I don't think Beckford uh, drinks; he's a vegan now, and I think he's very health conscious. So he kind of pretended to drink it. Then Liam Cooper took it off him and did drink it, and then it somehow ended up with Rafinha, whose other great disappointment was um, one of the backstage people's. Uh, Real priorities was getting a bucket of beers that uh, Stuart Dallas had brought in out of shots. I think I'm, yeah. I'm not sure if it I was noticed that they were, somebody, somebody scuttled in from off off camera, didn't they? I'm not sure if it was because they were branded and they didn't. There was sponsorship issues with uh, Tiger Beer, um, which isn't a patch on North Brewing. But the, yeah, Rafinha's face when the beer was being taken away was a, an absolute picture. It was all, uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun. It's funny. I'm not surprised though that you um, didn't vote for Stuart Dallas in this because he's a He's in an odd position now where he's player of the year, player's player of the year, goal of the season. Everybody thinks he's absolutely brilliant. He's, he's asserted himself in the Premier League, in midfield and at left back. The two positions where we are adamant we have to get much better players for next season. Your whole, every ounce of your love for Rodrigo de Paul is like spitting in the face of Stuart Dallas's performances in midfield this season. I love Stuart Dallas more than Rodrigo de Paul. Rodrigo de Paul is just that it's, it's window shopping, isn't it? It's it's a fantasy relationship. Whereas Stuart Dallas actually fulfills all my needs. He's real, isn't he? He's real, and he's he's doing the washing up. He's <laughs> just great to live with. He's great at cooking, keeps the garden nice. Great with the kids. That's not a euphemism, by the way. No, right now we're not sponsored by Manscaped, are we? I know, I know a lot no. of podcasts are. Uh, yeah, I mean, he, he probably deserves it, doesn't hey, he? He's, been, he's overrated it now. He deserves though, to be replaced. Say. Yes, he does. Because it is genuinely, I'm intrigued what, no, how he, he goes next season. Su- supplemented with, we're supplementing his talents. That's what we're doing. We're not replacing him. If you say so. I'm not, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not making any critical point. I'm just very intrigued how we deal with the fact that our player of the season, and it's probably a good thing for the growth of the club, is going to struggle to get into the team next season if we strengthen in the positions that, we're expecting to strengthen. Luckily for Stuart Dallas, there is absolutely no precedent of someone winning player of the season by a mile and then completely dropping out of the team, is there? He's not quite as old as Pablo Hernandez, is he? No. Just thinking about sponsorship deals and you mentioned Rafinha drinking there, I've just joined a few mental dots in my head and I just want to say now, if Rafinha is listening to this and I imagine he does and if not him, Deco as his agent, why doesn't Rafinha have a sponsorship deal for a brand of Caprinha, which is the Brazilian drink isn't it is it can you can you brand a cocktail though i don't know it'd be one of those well i'm just seeing the advert rafinha loves caprinha and i am prepared to negotiate that deal for just a mere 10 percent. you could pitch it to children go on sell the idea to me well you know he's very popular with young leeds fans get them all on cocktails okay (laughs) very sugary ones too so not only can you not only can you you rot your liver can rot your teeth at the same time (laughs) it's an unexploited market lots of adults drink but not many children do Alco pops for kids, so they could, they could even take the alcohol out of them and just call them pops, come on, kids caprinia. If uh, you want to get in touch, Angus Kinnear and Associated uh, Commercial Department, we are ready to negotiate. Other stuff from the uh, from the awards, Young Player of the Year, Ilan Melier, wearing his nice his Burberry shirt, showing that money that can't necessarily buy taste. It no, just, I'm, I'm joking. Burberry's fine. Supporting a, a local business, isn't he? Burberry, where them is it? Castleford, they make Burberry or somewhere. It's somewhere local, isn't it? Mm. They did have designs on uh, Temple Works, didn't they? But unfortunately, not anymore. 
think it's one of those buildings everyone looks at and goes, oh, that'd be brilliant. And then go, oh, shit, it's actually, it's actually falling apart and be really expensive. But no, he was, I mean, he was always going to win that, wasn't he? I think it was, it was probably even more of an obvious case that he was going to win that than, than Stuart Dallas would, oh, would have been player of the year. Although, did you notice that it wasn't Ilan Melier who won it on screen? It did say Ilian Melier. Spelt his, his name wrong. Fucking amateurs. <laughs> but yeah, fully deserved. Absolutely brilliant. And I think actually the most prominent one there that goes under the radar somewhat, Rob Price, for taking us through the coronavirus pandemic. You mentioned this earlier, Moscow. Was it on mic or off mic? I can't remember. It was on the propaganda. Yeah, and he's, he's done an absolutely fantastic job. I mean, let's not forget they got ahead of the curve with the pandemic by ordering in the machines and stuff like that for the players and just knowing what was coming, the foresight to do that. Huge credit to him. Got 80 minutes out of Adam Forshaw in an under-23s game as well. He's obviously, he can he can work miracles, this man. Before stripping him for parts. <laughs> Bless him. It would be nice to see Forshaw back next year. I, I guess we've kind of forgotten about him in all the uh, frivolity towards the end of the year. I mean, like Moscow said, he did make that comeback, didn't he? And he looked all right in it as well. He, he yeah. seemed to be very Adam Forshaw, doing the normal sort of stuff that he, we last saw him doing, however many years ago that was. And you'll get the odd muscle pull as you're coming back from a long injury like that. I don't think the fact that he, he hurt himself at the end of that under-23s game was a, a big deal. I think he, he maybe just stayed on a couple of minutes too long. So there is still hope that if he can do a, a pre-season, he'll be useful next year. Rob Price had a good video as well. It's worth saying. He got Kim Roof was on it, and then he had Snoddy pops up as well, and Rapper Benitez on it. So that was good. Star-studded. Congratulations as well to Abby Brown, who won Women's Player of the Year and the Under-23s for the Special Achievement Awards. I mean, speaking of um, the kids' Alco Pops. Get the Under-23s involved. Yeah, there we go. Little uh, little Joffy Girl Hart necking Blue WKD, no doubt, and so on and so forth. The video for Abby Brown was quite nice as well because it was it was making the point that, unlike the men's team, the women's team have basically not been able to play for the vast majority of this because they're not a... They're not at the elite level of women's football where they get to they get to still play. So they've been doing. She was being praised for like putting on fitness sessions via Zoom and all this sort of stuff. So they've been very very distant throughout most of this. So yeah, they've well had a really a weird season where it's essentially been an entire season over Zoom. With a they've played a couple of friendlies at the um at the end of it since the the lockdown lifted and they cancelled the season. But um yeah, I'm hoping for they'll actually be able to play some games of football next year would be good for them because uh, they are doing it for love it's all part time for them so actually getting something back for the training effort that they're, they're putting in would be deserved the show as a whole by the way you know those lads who hosted it I know we speak directly to Gen Z it's one of those topics we've, uh, we've tapped into a lot in the latter half of the season cool kids as we are the F2 lads obviously I know who they are but some people might not just looking at my um, my laptop keyboard actually right now F2 is the screen brightness up button on my laptop so is is that what their name is from is are they a tribute to to screen brightness on mine it's um what is it it's aeroplane mode on mine so it must mean different things to different people i guess moscow you're you're on tiktok what do these lads do <laughs> uh they do keepy ups and that and skills they're, they're mad um, skills mad skills they're street footballers one of them i think he's called he's either called swazi or he says it a lot i, I can't remember <laughs> which but he um he was a youth player at Arsenal and the big problem everybody has with him is that he reckons he was told he was the most skillful player at Arsenal during the Invincibles season, which mm. does make me... I mean, there were, yeah. there were a few good players around. It was There is synergy here, though. A lot of people were confused as to what the hell they were part of our awards for, but their um, little YouTube channel is part of the uh, Team Whistle 
crew. Oh, which yeah. was recently bought. TWC, as I call them. It was recently bought by Ace Adventures. So Andrea Rodrizzani essentially owns, owns them. them. And so um, there was a lot of that during the day, like Ellie Goulding being... Does he own Ellie Goulding? Well, she, Is he getting into human trafficking? She performed on uh, Live Now, his channel, which was broadcasting both. There was a, a pre-game and post-game show um, that I keep meaning to go back and have a look at because apparently they, they had some stuff in there. Changing rooms with Brady after the game, and they also had some very awkward interviews with Ellie Goulding and and um, on, next to the pitch, and interviewed Pete Lowey, our new billionaire part owner, comedian, so the, comedian, and, and comedian. But uh, so it all it was a very much a Andrea Rodrizzani production, which is it's good in a way. I was thinking about it as I was walking down because it, on the one hand, it feels very modern and strange, and you know, trying to understand why a couple of uh, keepy up kids uh, presenting this and what celebrities are, and pop stars are doing all over it doesn't feel very traditional football but at least it is kind of peripheral and it's happening around our matches rather than the Super League proposals where it's um, Agnelli and Perez's ideas for kind of you have to change the game to bring in a modern crowd. I, I am reminded of the time that Leeds United booked Stan Boardman for a Christmas party as well. Yeah, uh, I'd, I'd written down the words Jim Davidson question mark actually because I, I couldn't remember which slightly uh, controversial comedian it was. But uh, Stan Boardman probably not quite as controversial as Davidson, but even still, and even um, back in the, that era when Peter Ridsdale was kind of diversifying the Leeds United brand, he went straight for a credit card company. That was it. It was Leeds United Financial Services, the Formula One team as was well. The thing. And yeah, the, well, the, the credit card company actually couldn't have been any more appropriate, could it? When you think about it, yeah. um, just racking up debts on, it, on somebody else's tick. It very much said where um, Ridsdale's mind was at, and the travel agency as well, which did kind of um, sync with Leeds fans going European games. But it's interesting to try and understand. There's another media company that Ace Adventures have, have hoovered up this morning, and um, Radrizzani seems to be building himself into this kind of alternative, uh, not alternative to Leeds United, but his entire world is rather than waking up in the morning and it's how does my credit card company maximise profit on somebody's debt or whatever, it's how can I shoehorn Calvin Phillips into Dua Lipa's live show that's going to be going out on my channel and how can I get Ellie Goulding onto a TV show around the, the Leeds United game that's happening that afternoon. And it seems like a much more pleasant way to be working. That sounds like a much more fun job than um, than some of the alternatives when people are empire building, as as Andrea seems to be. The only shame of it, really, is that the F2 kids had absolutely no idea how to present a fucking television programme and were, I mean, whatever. They were, they're obviously very good at football. Respect, let's put the positive on it. Jermaine Beckford uh, was the permanent guest. The, the way it was set up, if anybody didn't see it, so these two lads from F2 and Jermaine Beckford were in a room all night and they would bring in the award winners and they had a, a, a Zoom panel with some fans and they had Lucas Radami and Don Matteo on there. And it was Jermaine Beckford was the one who was kind of like looking at these two lads. Like, there was like trying to get silent messages across. Of like, you've not spoken to Don Matteo for like 10 minutes. And he's, he's bored, lads. And he'd, he'd like give them, a, give them the eyes and then... And then you just say, I think we should, maybe we should talk to uh, one of the fans on the Zoom. And these uh, F2 lads, the best they could then go is, they'd go, oh, it's a good idea, J- Jermaine. And then they'd turn to it and they'd go, Dom, 
Have you anything to add? <laughs> uh, that's not really a question, but that was pretty much the only question they ever came up with. Whereas Jermaine, Jermaine Beckford strikes me as one of these people who, if you put him in a room with somebody doing something and they do it twice, he'll then have an idea how to do it. He picks things up and he seems quite adept. And I think if you had ditched those two and you just had Jermaine Beckford there and Stuart Dallas comes in with his awards, Jermaine had the knowledge about of what they've been doing all season and the ability to frame a question and ask it and to keep things moving and realise when things had run the course. He could have presented that very well on his own. So credit to uh, Jermaine. But yeah, he was still quite pleasantly amateurish around the edges, not only in um, the, the gate crashing from all the, the players coming in as well, but the way that they'd set up this little seating area next to double doors that looked like they were on the route from the main room to the ladies' toilets. <laughs> and as the evening went on, there was like more and more girls just going back and forth and just like staggering around from the toilets and getting more and more drunk. And there's Ellie Goulding coming back from the toilet. Oh, she's tucked her skirts into her knickers and, this, and she, oh, she's hiking them out. There they, we go. They just needed to move the camera <laughs> just a little bit to the right and just cut all of that out. But it's just still just like, it had the right element of... Um, of fun in that regard. Any sign of tenors unlimited at the uh, <laughs> at the end of season? Bash no, up. there was also not a suckling pig with a pineapple shoved up its ass, which was one of the the great gifts that Ken Bates brought to this football club. So bad news for tenors unlimited fans. I do have some good news on that front though, because they are appearing soon on uh, Saturday the fourth of September at the Great Yorkshire Proms at Harewood House alongside Alad Jones and associated others. So you can see tenors unlimited still. Any word on the, the Peter K tribute act? That's the other one that was always on in the pavilion. Oh well, I think it's been it's been put to better use now, isn't it? The pavilion. It's doing some good work in there. Great bunch of lads. Great bunch of lads doing the jabs. Um, we have Marcelo Bielsa's contract now to sort out for next season. When we spoke to Angus Kinnear on the on the Phil Hay show, Michael, he didn't seem particularly phased by it at all, did he? Like it was uh, just a matter of dotting eyes and crossing T's, and it would all be done and dusted. And it may well be done and dusted and announced by the time this comes out. Who knows? He told us off the record it was all signed. <laughs> No, he didn't. He definitely didn't. <laughs> he definitely didn't. But equally, yeah, like you say, he didn't seem concerned, did he? And he was. They were. They're obviously talking about stuff for next season, aren't they? So I'm not worried. I know it's going to be a big, a big media thing until it actually happens because it's yeah. something to fill the, ten minutes yeah. on Talksport, isn't it? The, and the general vibe is as well. It's about like it was like stuff like other changes to the the training grounds. Nothing that's like he's not falling out over transfer policy or anything like that. Is it? We just want to get all these things done. That changed. That done. That done. Ready for next season. And then away we go. Phil Hay made the point about it. He wrote about it last year when it took, if you remember, he um, only confirmed he was staying in the press conference before the Liverpool game. That's how fine it took for actually getting ink on the paperwork. But one of the things is all the contracts have to be translated into Spanish or from Spanish into English. I can't believe he doesn't speak legal English yet. His, uh, his brother handles... A lot of the paperwork because his brother is a lawyer, but also I think last summer Bielsa was handling it himself because of the, the communication difficulties with the coronavirus. And it's not only um, his terms, but he is the the front person for all his staff. So how they all get paid with and um, or paid for. And then it's not just, it's not a case of the Sam Allardyce thing of turning up and saying, how much are you going to pay me and how much holiday do I get? It'll be down to what players are we signing, what changes at the training ground, what physio is doing, what everybody's work plans. It's a twelve. It's twelve months of work that they're agreeing, and that's why 
it takes the time. I'm sure if it was down to just, well, it's exactly how it was in the first summer when we signed him, when Bielsa spent two minutes talking about his wages and six weeks talking about all the things that were going to have to happen for him to do the job. So that's where we're at. And we've been through it every summer since, and we'll hopefully go through it many, many more summers to come. And we'll just have to tune out Chris Sutton, where he's going, well, Tottenham will be coming in. My sources tell me. Yeah, you're You know, he'll have impressed a lot of people at some big clubs, won't he, with his work this season. If Barcelona come knocking, can can you really see him turning them down? Yes. Yes, I can, Chris. You fuckwit. (laughs) Well, as the 2021 season draws to a close, we thank you for listening to this show and to The Athletic as well. We're not quite done yet. We've got a uh, show with Victor Orta this week, catching up with Leeds United's director of football. I've got a million things I want to ask him. At le- well, at least 900,000 of them relate to Rodrigo de Paul, but uh, we'll see about that one, hey? I've been too busy bolting the furniture down, just on the off chance that something something kicks off. So we look forward to hearing from him on the podcast uh, later this week and catching up with, was it Oliver Kay who did the match report for uh, for the game at the weekend? That's on there, plus loads of other Leeds United content. And if you want to subscribe to that, theathletic.com forward slash the square ball. That's theathletic.com forward slash the square ball and find out what the latest discount is on there. There's something refreshing about seeing a gentleman called Massimo on the board at Leeds United. It's a nice throwback to the chaos that went before and a reminder that things are all right. Do you think he's the most high profile of those uh, to join the board? Does he know any jokes? And you're, you're ignoring my favourite, Sandro Min, Minchucci, is he called? Great bunch of lads, all of them. Yeah, the Massimo and Sandro are both they're both Radrazani men, aren't they? From uh, from his his other company. Which one of them used to be the majority owner of Fiorentina? Is that Sandro or Massimo? I think everybody's just distracted and looking at Peter Lowy, aren't they? <laughs> These, uh, shiny, shiny thing. <laughs> we'll deal with um, Andrea's mates when the time comes. At the moment, uh, there's a a billionaire has suddenly popped up. Which is your favourite Westfield shopping centre? For me, it's Broadway and Bradford. The the Bradford. I mean, the Bradford ones are. A real treat. It's, it's better than when it was a hole, anyway, which well, it was for about a decade. Well, I like to think that decade-long hole they left in the centre of Bradford was a fine tribute to the city of Leeds, really. If Peter was a massive Leeds fan, what better thing to do than to really fuck over the town <laughs> next to it for, for a decade? I mean, Bradford didn't didn't need necessarily much help in that regard either, did it? But um, it's built now, and that's the main thing. And, it, I mean, they are phenomenally rich. It's his family that is rich. I mean, I'm sure he's doing fine, but his family... Uh, worth about six and a half billion dollars, which is a lot. Is that Australian dollars though? That's US dollars. It's, oh, okay, it, it's proper it, dollars. It's proper dollars. I did convert it because I did see I did see both used in in various articles. So that is the the US version. How, how many billions have you got in US and or Australian dollars? <laughs> I think I've got. Is it is it Bart? You can get. I could probably be a millionaire in that the uh, the Vietnamese one. That's that's probably my best one, my best bet for it. But um, we've got a long standing link with. Well, I say it's a link. And almost link with with the Lowy family, haven't we? Because they were they were rumoured to be to be buying it from Ken Bates back in 2010. Although I think Ken Bates managed to criticise everyone enough that they eventually just pissed off and got bored with him. I think it was specifically about the Lowy interests that he said, um, yeah, like everybody who all these stories they they come, but then you say uh, name and proof of funds and they disappear because. Lowy and 6.5 billion <laughs> is uh, is not enough for um, Ken Bates. Well, prove it. I've got loads of shopping centres. They're worth a bit, aren't they? 
the uh, not a market, is it? I don't know. He, he uh, yeah, I get the feeling the interest was probably there. There was loads of people tried to buy off Ken Bates, didn't they? But you just wouldn't fucking deal with him because he was a nightmare, wasn't he? You have to wait, and it seems the the thing about the way Leeds is kind of developing now is it seems like almost it's hard to tell what the interest is from everybody. Lowy seems a little bit on the the Chad Hurley vibe, the guy who uh, invented YouTube and now owns a bit of leads through the 49ers, where it's like, it's fun. The He's not bought us outright. He does seem to be one of the, well, we don't know how much even of the 49ers investment he has. It's obviously enough for him to get on the board, but even that could be that it's just, he said, I'd really like to be on the board. Can I be please? And they've said, well, yeah. Buy you know, as Rodrigo de Paul. Yeah. And yes, you can. Well, it's, um, also, his experience in retail and uh, property development and all that kind of stuff could be useful when we're, we're talking about the stadium redevelopment and the land behind it, the the graphics that have sometimes been shown of like a potential future Elland Road when the club have been showing those off over the last few years to show. Mainly, they put the community hub that's being built at the moment on Fullerton Park in the foreground. And sometimes, on some versions, there are these vague tower blocks over towards um, Lowfields Road. So there is land around. That, that's where the industrial units are at the minute, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And um, so there is there's things for somebody to be interested in around that. But it seems more of the vibe is, whereas under Ken Bates, it was you have to take this over and really work hard to make it good. Andrea Ratrizzani has kind of done all that. And now the 49ers part is who wants to come and have a laugh? and put some money in and it'll be fun and we get to enjoy owning a football club. And I think that's kind of what is um, attracting Lowy, who um, his, if his interview on the, um, with Jermaine Beckford asking the, the proper questions on the award show is kind of to be believed and there's no reason why it shouldn't be. And I get the feeling we'll probably be hearing this, his anecdotes about it quite a lot. He was talking about first discovering Leeds United in the, 1970s and he said he couldn't even watch them though because he he was talking about listening to match of the day so he used to listen to it on shortwave radio but something about the way that the Leeds games were commentated on attracted his interest and then since then he's been a he's always followed Leeds and he, a Jacob Burns fan well he was uh he was admiring the um legends scene that came out for the centenary he was behind them on the wall and he was looking at Mark Viduka up there and he um he didn't seem like he like he just got interested in Leeds United last week. I think there is a genuine long-term support for the club. And now it's these connections then grow through the 49ers. If he hears that the 49ers are investing in Leeds United and he's mates with Parag and Jed, and then he can say, oh, well, I'd love to be involved in that. Can I put some money in? It seems to be that kind of vibe. Whereas back in the day with Ken Bates, it was much more, it was a much more serious, it was full takeover. Everything has to be, you know, it's work whereas he can he can just show up, do his jokes, <laughs> put a bit of money in, do a uh, bit of work. I, can I just say I think his jokes are very, very funny. Don't you? I think excellent jokes and he should do more jokes. Well even down to his um his nom de plume, his uh his stand up comedian identity. I don't know how familiar if everybody's picked up on this news, but he does have an alternative life as a stand up comedian and a YouTube comedian called he calls himself peter drysdale which if that's not a peter ridsdale reference i don't know 
what the hell else it can be. It, it must be some kind of nod to Peter Ridsdale. It's not exactly hilarious. <laughs> it is, Moscow. Bloody is. I mean, I watched one of the videos and I was the first person to watch it. It said no views. I've never seen that on YouTube before. It said, it oh, said really? no views until I clicked on it's it. hard to find, is that, isn't it? It's like um, Dave Gorman um, when he was doing the, what was it? it was Google doing, whack. Google whacking, that was it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We had to find something that was, uh, how many was it? Just one result or something. Yeah. But he's got, he's got 23 subscribers to his YouTube channel, which is good lad a good start it is a good start and if he keeps plugging away it, he might get more and which is good of him his shopping centres are excellent well, I was just going to say actually talking about Bates in the context of all this and joining up all those dots we might eventually get our East Stand shopping mall <laughs> or, which will make Ken on the Monaco coast maybe nodding knowingly I always thought that's exactly the way it should go I mean he, he does seem quite a relaxed fellow about this I get the feeling his um, his stand up comic stuff is kind of something that he does for his other rich mates kind of like it seemed like quite in jokey that he would send it around his friends and like i've done this are you you suggesting sorry are you suggesting that he's not toured all the sticky carpeted horrible comedy clubs of australia and maybe the uk to build himself both a following and and an audience when when you're born a billionaire i guess you have a you have a certain amount of freedom to do what do whatever the fuck you want don't you and he's just thought i'll do this for a bit the jokes may not be you know Excellent. They they're are. Not, they're not top. We just want to say they are. But the um, looking at the uh, the YouTube videos, that they, they are an interesting insight into his mind in terms of the the footage that he's selected. There's a lot of work has gone into kind of choosing whether it's stock footage or the the clips that he's he's hunted down and the how they match up with the references that he's making. And you know whether you laugh or not, humor is all a matter of taste and uh, some of it did raise a giggle but it is interesting to get an insight into his mind it looks and his mind looks like an interesting place not as good as his bank account <laughs> one thing it does do actually though the, the way that the 49ers have structured this and who knows if they become majority owners in the end via that vehicle it spreads the risk doesn't it if you think about chad hurley who's obviously worth a few quid and lowey who's obviously worth a lot of quid to have them all there in this pool of investors so if if the club say right well we need 50 million let's say for argument's sake to supplement the transfer kitty it's not a huge exposure for the 49ers is it as a as a whole so let's say they own some of this fund lowey owns some of it so does chad etc etc then you're spreading the risk is what i'm saying and it works very well until they start arguing like fuck that's the the real potential downside of having so many people interested there's Nick Swinmurn as well and then there was the guy who hasn't even been announced who was part of the the first round of funding whose name I now can't remember but he popped up on a, a listing it all seems very sort of collegiate and relaxed and it is kind of like a lot of people at the golf club kind of going you know I'm in, I'm investing in you know Leeds United oh Pete Pete who plays here on Sundays he's a massive Leeds fan oh I never knew that right well we're investing oh, Hey, could I be on the board? It's very nice like that. If it does come down to the point of who is paying for these terrible losses as we're plunging into League One, then <laughs> there may be a there may be downsides to having so many conflicting. What Stop will, stealing my act. What might become? <laughs> what might become conflicting interests? Um, a boardroom wrangle is uh, the chances of a boardroom wrangle, as it always gets called, increase the more potential wranglers get involved and that's the the risk we have but at the moment 
everybody seems to be quite pleasant, relaxed, coming in for the right reasons where it's not about extracting as much money as we as they can from the football club. We were talking before about Andrea Radrizzani and all his um, team whistle and F2 and live now stuff. If that's his way of making money, and none of that really is branded as a Leeds United thing. It's all, you don't look at live now and it doesn't say the, the channel from Leeds United. It's just, it's a separate entity, but he's using the things that Leeds United has to offer in terms of, you know, he doesn't have to go and convince Manchester City, let me do your pre-games. I can just put them on my own channel and he can he can make some, I mean, it was all put on for free, but if he ever wants to charge for that, that's a way of him making some money out of owning Leeds United that is very different from the ways of making money from owning Leeds United that previous owners have chosen to avail themselves of. And it's a much more, he's yeah creating value for his other companies that also, it doesn't do Leeds United any harm if Calvin Phillips is popping up in a Dua Lipa video and if the millions of people who watch Team Whistle stuff see Rafinha doing some kick-ups with these F2 lads at some point and then they all go out and buy an Adidas lead shirt. It all works very nicely and it seems to be why these guys are all uh, coming in. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. A mere drop in the ocean then for our millionaire, billionaire squad of owners. 1.6 million quid to rip up the pitch. That's started already. And finally, we should see the drainage issues addressed from, uh, well, the installation, just to backpedal on this, was 1996 for Euro 96. And it sounds like the job they did then might not have been quite adequate enough for modern rain standards. Is it really sad of me that I'm kind of looking forward to the time lapse of this? I really hope they're doing it so we can see it all being stripped back and you can see what's going into it, see the layers of, of the drainage going in and then right to the day where it, it's a nice green pitch and the season's about to start. 
I don't know why I feel like that had excitement. I, even when I watched the one about Aston Villa's pitch, I found it quite interesting. Went back when everyone was saying what a complete shit show our pitch was. Some people shared it and said like, this is how you do a pitch now. Villa's not- pitch, is it right? You know, you know, like these modern pitches, it's 95% grass plus then 5% artificial fibres, isn't it, to tie it all together to stop it cutting up as much. Did it um, mention the 1% on Villa's pitch that was olive oil that makes everyone fall over? I knew it was coming, but yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, it was, it was telegraphed from a mile off that one. But yeah, that's um, it's good that it is getting solid. Although the pitch, actually, it's been all right for a while now, hasn't it? I did notice it was almost like its farewell was Conor Gallagher falling on his ass when he was about to shoot at the weekend. That was like its, its last slip of the season. It's done all right for us, hasn't it? It has, and presumably they'll be taking up that top layer of turf and rolling it and keeping it to one side as a spare because we paid 300 grand for that. Go off somewhere else, grow that one while the uh, the new one's being grown, and we've got two pitches like Tottenham. Maybe we could sell it to somebody else who's got a desperately slippy pitch in the future. It's like anything; you just roll it up and put it on a high shelf until you forget about it. <laughs> so what's all that? Oh, bollocks! bollocks. We'll, be on the, we'll be on the roof of the West Stand, <laughs> and then when they go to demolish that in a few years, all this grass up here. The Levi Stadium is uh, yeah. I was going to say it, it does have that, doesn't it? It's yeah. got the um, it's got a meadow in the sky, a meadow in the sky, and don't they get like? Vegetables for the bloody yeah, kitchens it's, it's, and stuff. Yeah, like. It's got a kitchen garden, yeah. So they, they grow herbs, as the uh, Americans would call them, up there. Can you imagine Ken Bates having a vegetable patch on the roof? Who gets the fruit? <laughs> Not giving it to children. Going up there with a flamethrower and burning it just so it doesn't have to be given away. <laughs> Pouring diesel on the whole thing. <laughs> They'd probably be employing children to go and farm it, wouldn't it? You want some potatoes? Go up that, that ladder. <laughs> All the potatoes you want. And you get up there, there's no potatoes. Uh, Calvin uh, Phillips, we mentioned him a few minutes ago. Ah, get up, Calvin, get up. But he is up and treating his shoulder injury conservatively. My only slight fear with this is they that Pat Bamford's doing his uh, looking after him, treating it conservatively. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it happened over. It's on a the, joke. About it happened over on the right wing, didn't it? As well. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, they're doing this to get him to the Euros, and he might need an operation in the future. That's my little fear. I did wonder if he's made the club out of statement. Cause it's like, get me in this England squad, please. Don't show any weakness on this. Like, I know the last thing Gareth Southgate will have seen of me will be me barely able to walk because of the excruciating pain <laughs> emanating from my shoulder. But just put out a thing saying I'm fine and then he'll, he'll get me in and it'll be too late by then and I'll be already out the Euros. I've not watched it back, but I'm sure he went cross-eyed when he was um, when it first happened. He sort of, sort of sat up and it looked like he sort of his eyes went and he just rolled backwards. Again, we're quite close to uh, live blogging. No, this isn't a blog, is it? What are we doing here? We're podcasting. Live <laughs> streaming the Gareth Southgate's big announcement. It is, uh, here's an insight, listeners. It's nine minutes to one on Tuesday, the 25th of May. But I think we know, it's not actually the question isn't about Calvin being in this squad because Gareth Southgate is specifically making his squad bigger so that Calvin can be in it. Which is um, maybe a you know it's a, a tribute to his new standing in the, the England team. I think he started all the World Cup qualifiers recently, hasn't he? And I, I don't think there's any reason why he wouldn't be starting in the European Championships. And if Gareth Southgate is increasing the size of his squad just so that he can say Calvin Phillips has got a chance of of making it, you know, you wouldn't do that for, for well, he's not probably not doing it for Pat, if Pat Bamford. Had, <laughs> I want him to have done it. the same thing. Yeah, and. Um, he probably he has a bit of um, he has a bit of uh, sort of what's the word? He has something at stake there because Ben White's going to be in it. Yeah, his, his best mate, his buddy movie can be re- um, recreated. Well, uh, Pat, um, not so long ago, before we played uh, Brighton on his um, on the Pat Bamford show, came out with um, 
the statement that if Ben White had stayed at Leeds, he'd probably be in the England squad by now. Mm. Well, no, I've just put on the BBC website to just to, uh, awaiting the announcement and the, the you know, they have a get involved bit at the top. Mm. The top comment on there is, guess who someone is putting forward for as a name for, for the England squad? Jackie Stuart Harrison. Dallas. Stuart Dallas. I think Gareth should really look at players in form rather than new talent. I'd like to see Craig Dawson given a chance. Who, who does he play for? West Ham, isn't it? What does he do? Centre backing. Right. He's like an old school. Even he's, he's a decent defender. Can I just ask? Is that a West Ham fan who's putting that forward? I would imagine so. Yes. Mm, okay. And congratulations to Ben White as well. If he, if assuming he does make the cut, will we know then over the course of this show who has made it? Is the announcement at one o'clock? Well, unless we wrap this up in seven minutes. Well, I don't know what time the announcement's coming because I don't care that one much. One o'clock. Right. All right. So we'll, we'll we'll update that in a bit and just say otherwise in the Euros. Who else are we losing to the tournament? We've got Click going for Poland straight off his holidays. Click and Cock and Alioski and Urente is in. Rodrigo isn't. Feel sorry for him, but just unfortunate timing, isn't it? Off the back of his injury and loss of form and all that. And he's come right back into form. He's also been nominated for Premier League Player of the Month. So I don't know. Um, haven't they? Is Sergio Ramos in the squad? No, he's not. No Real Madrid players are. So they're just leaving out all the good players. I mean, I've not particularly love for Ramos, but you, you've got to respect the uh, the commitment to being an absolute dickhead that he's um, displayed over the, the last 20 years. It feels like he's... It, I can't remember Sergio Ramos becoming a player. It feels like he's just always been there and you always just watch a game and he's always doing something that you think, you've got to send him off for that. But he's somehow just got that angelic, innocent face. So yeah, a Euros without Ramos is a... Is a strange one, but a, a Euros with Tyler Roberts worth watching. Managed by Ryan. G- oh no, uh, under twenty ones as well. Alba Lafont is oui. le normal France. Uh, what's under? <laughs> what's under in French? Sir, 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 le twenty one. Sir, le vingt Exactly. I'll I'll edit that to make us all sound less stupid than we are. Sir, uh, le blackjack. Uh, goalkeeper. Uh, is involved in a relegation playoff with Nantes, meaning that Melier is likely to play for the under-21s of France. And stay there, surely. Once he gets in that team, there'll, there'll be no displacing him, will there? One, hey, of the, um, uh, one of the scintillating questions from the F2 boys, I don't I don't know their names, I just call them the F2 boys. I think, um, you know, so it's, it's Screen Brightness. Screen and Brightness. Screen and Brightness. That's the two of them. Um, I think it was, uh, it was Screen, it can't have been Brightness, when they had um, Melier on. One of his, uh, his questions about winning the award was, you've got a deep voice, haven't you? Wow, <laughs> we. That, I mean, that's that's worse than the shit that we churn out, and we churn out some shit. Let me tell it you, it really was spectacular. <laughs> and you see Jermaine Beckford's despairing face. <laughs> I was going to say, speaking of playoffs, nice to not be involved in those, isn't it? Uh, it's felt like one big. I don't know. Observing these playoffs, it, it's been a little bit uh, like PTSD. Just watching them, going, "Oh, I remember what it's like to uh, to be terrified and having to claw back a two goal deficit and all that." Just to look. From the top of the mountain down to the scumbags scuffling on the the foothills below, trying to get up and not succeeding. Uh, who do we want to come up? Swansea? No, Brentford. Brentford. Okay. How come? Steve Cooper and Matt Grimes. Be serious. At least Pontus. You know, we've got some fond memories. It's been kind of funny to see him not managing to do it. Um, and Thomas Frank is an absolute. Did pillock. you watch it? Yeah. In pointing his fucking watch. The whole, I, I would quite been quite happy if someone had just punched him straight in the face every time he did that. In the face. My big objection to him is chewing his chewing gum with his mouth open. Okay, if, but have you seen S- Steve Cooper? Yeah, he shouldn't. It, he does can't he, shut his mouth though. It's no, not fair. He, he breathes through it, doesn't he? 
So I can't, uh, yeah. And Matt Grimes is just, I don't want him ever to be a Premier League footballer purely to spite his mother. Um, so that's that prevents it. So it is down to now just let's get Pontus Janssen in the Premier League. Thomas Frank, I don't think will be there forever. Like Brentford's model is that everybody's kind of replaceable, won't they? So they'll just get some other random Scandinavian and he'll be he'll be gone. The thing with Swansea is that you would expect them to be in the bottom third of the table if they come. You could say that with a degree of confidence, couldn't you, that at that stage they're going to be down there. What would you expect of Brentford? Because they feel a little bit more like a wild card to me. Would you expect them to be down there as well? I think there's a fair chance they'd come up with a bit of swagger and confidence and then discover they're not that great, which would be quite nice. I think that's what would happen. I think Brentford would be a, a hard relegation. Thomas Frank. Thomas Frank, his whole kind of attitude, you can picture him in doing his pre-match press conference about Liverpool, for example, and saying something really ridiculous about, you know, Jurgen Klopp will have to prove himself against my Brentford team if he wants to be remembered as one of the games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something it's like a that. That is a great example. And actually. then yeah. Liverpool will smash them 7-0 and it will be embarrassing. They, they're not even, they weren't very good against uh, Bournemouth. The first goal, the Bournemouth goal when Brentford yeah, they were saying Thomas Frank had prepared Brentford for this game by showing them the first 15 minutes of Liverpool's comeback against Barcelona in the Champions League. And that translated on the pitch to when they won a corner, all of Brentford's players except the goalkeeper went into Bournemouth's penalty area so that when Bournemouth cleared, I can't remember the player's name, but he just got the ball on halfway, ran the rest of the pitch and shot and scored. And it's like, well... You fucked it up then, haven't you? And then it's only because there was a, a red card, really. That um, and a bit of a dodgy penalty as well. It was one of those where it, it is a handball, but it's, yeah. it's very close in. They got they got pretty lucky. So they they needed a lot of help to get past Jonathan Woodgate's Bournemouth. I'm not convinced that they'll really have the strength to uh, to get past Marcelo Bielsa's Tottenham Hotspur in the Premier League. <laughs> Dickhead. Um, one of the beautiful thing. Well, it's the opposite of beautiful, isn't it? Because it's talking about Cooper. One of the uh, one of the positives to take out of this playoff final is that one of the two managers is going to be upset and that'll be fun. So rather than thinking, oh, we've got to deal with that knobhead next season, think about the knobhead you don't have to deal with. It is, it is true. It's hard to lose on it, isn't it, to, to an extent. The whole day I found stressful, even though we're not involved. Watching the Sunderland game, I felt like I knew where that was going as well because they started so well and they, they got it back to two all in the tie. And you just it just that second half started and you thought, this feels this feels familiar. This thing of, of almost getting there and... It just goes, just something is going to go wrong. And they even had a bit where it looked like it was going to, they then saved a penalty and you thought, well, maybe it's going to, maybe it is going to be all right. It's not going to be all right. And Lee Johnson came up a little short, didn't he? He did. He did. So they're into their fourth year of League One now. Can we hear? Which is even longer than we did. Can we hear from Lee Johnson? Is that a possibility? <laughs> <laughs> He's old middle management speak, isn't he? Lee Johnson. He'll be, he'll be talking about regrouping for next season. Well, and- if you've got his number, then let's hear from him. I mean, I brought that big screen up here all the way from Bristol didn't tell anybody at Bristol that I was borrowing it and I, I showed my tactics to the the Sunderland players on on there but the lads just they didn't seem to get the the message today but look you know it was great to have the fans back and we'll we'll go again next season and see what we can achieve together I know we were all a little bit annoyed you know Calvin Phillips you know he we went down in the last minute of the West Brom game can we point a finger here is this Spurs's fault because it's on Spurs' pitch that he's gone over and injured himself. Calvin looked to me like he was trying to stay on his feet and there was nothing he could do. 
in the face of that the ice rink that they provided. Do you know what that strikes me as? Professional negligence, which is one of the areas that Levi solicitors cover off who have been on board looking after us on the podcast all season. And thank you, thank you to them for being on board. It's been great fun and we hope we haven't let you down too much when we've done these uh, these commercial reads. As always, you can get 10% off your legal fees at levisolicitors.co.uk forward slash the square ball. And they do loads of stuff as well. If you're moving house, they will take care of all that side of things. There's wills and probate, conveyancing. Just have a look on their website and get your 10% discount for going through us. levisolicitors.co.uk forward slash the square ball. Breaking news, breaking news. Oh, wow, this is fresh for the podcast. I mean, it'll be history by the time you hear it, but it's new to us. Go on then. Um, We have the provisional squad for the England men's senior team for the European Championships. And the strangest thing about it is that where it says that Jesse Lingard is one of the midfielders included, it gives his club as West Ham United, but then it says afterwards in brackets, on loan from Manchester United, and they've had to change the font size for that to fit it all in. So it looks really awkward oh, compared to the rest of it. That's really jarring. Um, also, Bamford isn't going. Right. Which Sa- is an outrage. Southgate out. Calvin Phillips is there. Ben White is also there. I think looking at the balance of the squad, it says something about why they're so desperate to get Calvin Phillips in because we have one, two, three, four, five, I think seven midfielders named in the provisional squad and I make it 35 right backs. Um, oh, yeah. Or every right back is in there. Yeah. Every right back in the Premier League has been named apart from Luke Ayling, which is another letdown. No place for Jackie Harrison either. It's still going to get cut back further, this squad, isn't it? This is this is the 30 man squad, isn't it? Which is going to have to have four players chopped out. Yeah. Oh, so. it's like the X Factor, isn't it? You're going home. You're going home. So are you and you. And then those four will spin off, make a group of their own which will be wildly more successful than the original show. And I imagine Ben White will be texting Bamford now to say, what was that about? If I play for Leeds, I play for England. Maybe maybe Bamford should have signed for Brighton. And then um, it's annoying. It's a shame he hasn't got called up. I don't really see what Ollie Watkins has got to offer that um, Bamford does not. Well, hopefully someone will pick up a serious injury in training and then Bamford can go. <laughs> yeah. We're just hoping for that career-ending injury for a forward. Exactly. Great. I mean, if it's Harry Kane, it'd be quite funny because it stops Spurs selling him this year. So yeah, he'd have to stay. So they have another... a very expensive, unhappy asset on their hands. Exactly. He'd have to stay for another year, being absolutely miserable. And the misery of others, as we've established many times on this podcast, is what it's all about. Speaking of which, the Ken Bates Villain of the Week Award uh, kicks off heroes and villains then for us in this part of the podcast. So uh, nominations, please. He's not really getting a villain nomination, but just to let you all know, I know everyone got quite invested in Councilman Ken Bates. He's um, from he's, Cas- from Casper, Wyoming. We should say for any Casper, new listeners, yeah. Now in the studio, actually, he's um, oh yeah, from your crowdie. Who's is that? Who's is that body? It's Vern Troyer's body. Yeah, rest with, in peace. With with his his head on it. It's not his actual body. It's a cutout. To be clear, I've not yeah. got. I've not got. A... <laughs> That's a bit dark, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> but he's. Uh, Ken has been appointed to the Casper Housing Authority Board of Commissioners. So well done, Ken. Ah, oh, congratulations. Good to see him bouncing back. Because, of course, he, he missed out in the most recent election. He did. He, he didn't he get did. re-elected, so um, he's been looking for I something think it was, I think it was election fraud, to be honest. It's, it's yeah. rampant in America. Stop the count and so on and so forth. Yeah, yeah. So that's a nice one. Ah, oh, congratulations, Ken. We know he's a he's a keen listener, etc., etc. Right, actual nominations. Go on. Gareth Southgate. Yeah. As we've just talked about it. Clueless fuckwit. What's he doing? Apart from scoring goals against Leeds United and making our lives miserable. What does a defender know about strikers anyway? Why have they let him pick them? They should have brought in Ian Wright, 
to select the strikers, and then it could have been Pat Bamford and Eddie Nketiah at the uh, at the World Cup, as it should be. I think that's the one hope for Bamford, isn't it? Ollie Watkins will be a one-season wonder. He'll disgrace himself at these Euros, and then the World Cup is not far away. So Bamford has got to target Qatar. In a way, it might be good because it'll keep him motivated. He's not ever going to feel like he's arrived. He's going to have that's going to be nagging away. At him, Unless it? it totally demoralises him. Ah. And he thinks that he can't not, possibly, you know, what, what more can I possibly do? Ah. To, uh, he's probably left it a little bit late to Carl Island as well now, hasn't he? Now he's made it very clear where he'd rather be. Mm. But is he any chance of it? No, okay. Oh, okay, no, no. Fine. Depends. I mean, our Irish listeners might be able to tell us whether they'd still be willing to take him back like a, a spouse who has strayed and uh, has come back with that suitcase tail between their legs. He'll get in there eventually, won't he? Maybe. Unless this is Pat Bamford's best ever season, in which case his golden opportunity is gone. Are we going to nominate Sam Johnston because he was picked out by loads of people on our feedback from uh, our TSB Plus subscriber form? Not letting Pablo score was his crime. And also for letting... It was particularly mean of him to let one in from Calvin. Maybe he's, he thought Calvin was retiring or something after this game and he just thought, well, I'll, I'll bounce over me. But yeah, that was annoying. And I've just come, sorry, I've just realised I confused um, Sam Johnston with Conor Gallagher. Yeah, uh, Sam Johnston... Is the goalkeeper, yeah. And... He's in the England squad, just Get, to uh, no. compound the misery. Him a- and Dean Henderson. After that shambles? Mm-hmm. Wow. Dean Henderson not in the under-21s? For legal reasons, no. <laughs> Made the senior squad. Good on him. The referee, David Coote, has been picked out by Alex for booking Calvin in a theatrical manner. We all knew he was going to get booked. He's just stood waiting for him to stand up, wasn't he? I don't know why he didn't just write it down and Do tell you know, him. It reminds me of, it reminded me of, of a teacher. You know in the classes all talking? I will wait for you. I, you, carry on talking all your, I will wait for you. If you have to stay in here through lunch, that's fine. I'm not going anywhere. Prick. Speaking of pricks, Thomas Franks had a nomination. John Colville, you know, from Chicago, the musical, presumably. Uh, Stephen also picked out Frank as well. Uh, I mean, Stephen's gone in with both feet here. What a thoroughly despicable individual. <laughs> Speaking of teachers, tapping on his watch like a school teacher when the bell has rung. I mean, despicable's a hard word for someone who's just tapping his watch, but I get the feeling that's just the, the tip of the iceberg with, with Frank. He's up, he's up to all sorts. And I think he probably doesn't mean half the things he says and he's just having a bit of fun, but it's entirely misplaced, isn't it? Like it was with the, uh, you know, Leeds are scared of coming here kind of jazz and all that. I just stop it. They're just the general look of the guy. I don't know. I, just, I think I talked about this last year. Just the, the way he dresses in his hair and he just looks like he'd stink. <laughs> <laughs> like not necessarily a BO, like a really strong... yeah. Really strong aftershave and cigar smoke and just just a horrible mixture of of things. Just a man you don't you don't want near you. There are a couple of nominations for you actually. My what have I done, Dan? Um, Jelly has nominated you for your blasphemous rotund comment about Bielsa. You don't fat shame God. He lived above a sweet shop for over a year. For fuck's sake, show some compassion. Well, I was trying to think of a kind word. That's all. But it's undeniably a bit portly at the minute. Or am I going to get slated for saying that now? It's true. It's true. As much as you might not want it to be true, it's true. Well, you you yourself have, have seen yourself, your own face on camera and decided you need to lose eight stone. <laughs> so It is true. You, now, you and, maybe you and Bielsa can get fit together over summer. It is, let's face it, though. Now we've got cameras in here. What great motivation, because they say the camera ad, adds pounds. and I'm determined not to have too many added on. And I've been eating very, very well for about five weeks now. And, and the weight you've got to admit, it's coming off. We've had to put all our um, notes in large font now because Michael refuses to wear his glasses on screen. 
It's because he can just see reflection. Oh, is all you can see on my face. It's just a big. The screen is opposite, and you see, you just see a, a small reflected version of us all beaming back. The shambolic vanity that underpins this podcast <laughs> is finally being exposed. Yeah, we're all very fragile. All right. yeah. I mean, hopefully, we are going to have all these shows on YouTube from from next season. If no we promises. Can, if no we problem. can hire some actors, yeah, <laughs> like, like Millie Vanilli. <laughs> Another one for Gen Z. There. <laughs> what do they call those lads? F two. <laughs> are we going to be called F three? the fuck off three anyway uh, enough about us let's stop talking about us because I don't like it nominations who else have we got Uh, you were you were also nominated for not asking uh, Parag Marate about um, Rodrigo de Paul directly I mean there's there's flogging a job but Parag he he strikes me as a nice guy but he's pretty straight laced and it doesn't feel to me like he's kind of in on the joke in the same way that Angus Kinnear is because speak to Victor what do you think would happen if you tickled Parag Marate I find that funny. That's what he'd say. That's what he'd say. Yeah. I'm amused now. <laughs> hey, that's some great tickling. Let me let me address this. <laughs> right, let's move on to some of the other nominations then that are not me. COVID got a couple, just for meaning that only only nine thousand of us got to watch Leeds United Premier League game this season after mm. waiting sixteen years and enduring so much shit in that time. Which is a fair comment. But we'll be back soon, probably. Hopefully. Uh, Liam has a, a niche uh, nomination. The wonderful man who decided to order six gin and tonics at the exact moment Pablo and Berardi were leaving the field, so I missed it and had to catch up just now at home from work, bastard. And you, Michael, oh, you've been nominated. Good uh, for describing the season as pleasant. <laughs> it was a bit mild, wasn't it? <laughs> pleasant. It's been, been probably the best season since like 2001. I mean, yeah, it's, the, I said it was it's the highest we've been in 20 years and you describe it as pleasant, you ungrateful bastard. Liam has it right. He says it sounds like a Ken Bates quote about the programme sales. That's exactly as we sold 20,000 programmes. Ken Bates. Pleasant. Ken Bates was always absolutely thrilled with his programme sales. It was one of his, the highlights of his life was that, I mean, he, he basically had a massive strop when he got his programme notes taken off him at Chelsea, didn't he? It was like his mm. most his most treasured thing. His platform. He transferred he uh, transferred them to Bolton for one game. Their chairman, uh, I can't remember his name, but he, he, uh, he basically... Phil outside was it, it at the time? Yeah, it might have been. He basically let Ken write a, a huge anti-Roman Abramovich screed about how everything had been taken off him at Chelsea because part of the deal at Chelsea was he was supposed to still be called... I think he was supposed to still be called Mr. Chairman, even though he wasn't chairman. He was going to have use of a suite and an office and he would have a page in the programme and all this. And it was very much like his uh, denouement at Leeds, where the one thing GFH got right was to say, OK, you're going to be life president. And then just one, two, three, four, we're sacking you for your expenses. <laughs> Uh, just to rattle through some of these other nominations, uh, Ryan in Australia picked out the end of the season. Not a fan of the calendar, wants it to just keep going. Fair enough. Jerry also nominated Time for catching up with Pablo, which is a similar a similar thing. Philip picked out Conor Gallagher, a uh, guy who I just confused with Sam Johnston. Says, please don't sign him, Leeds. Is this season's Todd Cantwell all hair, average talent? He had a few, did Philip actually as well. Just not even Leeds on some of these. Spurs beating Leicester, giving forth to Chelsea. That was a, that was a little bit annoying. And also Sammy Lee for um, for robbing Marcel of his coat in broad daylight. Now, there's a Scouse stereotype in there, which we're not going to indulge in, particularly now I've mentioned it, so you're aware of it. Um, Jack did pick out Oliver Kay as well for being mean about Rodrigo in his match report. He called uh, poor Rodrigo a four... Is, is he saying that Rodrigo's poor, or is he just saying poor Rodrigo as in sympathy? Anyway, he's calling him a former Spain striker, which is a bit uncalled for, if you ask me, said Jack. But still, do subscribe to uh, our sponsors, The Athletic. <laughs> uh, Nathan picked out Darnell Furlong, 
uh, for attempting to ruin our slash Pablo slash Berardi's day with his constant moaning and dick-headedness. I don't even know who Darnell Furlong is. I think he is the son of Paul Furlong, who will have been at Chelsea with Ken Bates, which is probably where he learnt to be a dick. And finally, Liam picked out every pundit who has climaxed when using the phrase Bielsa burnout over the course of the season. Uh, not that they deserve any additional airtime as professional wind-up merchants. There is a very specific subset of pundits who do set out to just wind people up. It's the sort of talk sport niche of this market, isn't it? Where we put out a hot take, knowing it's going to wind people up, knowing it's going to generate responses, and everyone knows that's why they're doing it, but still some people bite. I nearly included him in propaganda this week, but Chris Boyd has been doing it because he, he, I think he criticised us earlier in the season, then Jeff Stelling went back to him and was saying, you were wrong though, weren't you? And he just basically said, I'm not, I'm, I will never admit I am wrong, even when I am. And he just, it's just, it's just tiresome. Can't be asked with it. Right, pick a villain. Is it Gareth Southgate? Yeah, that seems fair. Yeah, he's got everything wrong. And having criticised how many right backs? Not even Luke Ayling. Not even Luke Ayling. It's a disaster. No place for Stuart Dallas either. He's got absolutely no clue how to pick a squad. On to the Andy Hughes Hero of the Week award. And first, a point of order about this award. There have been multiple suggestions, uh, people saying we should rename this now in honour of Berardi as the symbol of everything that's good about Leeds United. Because we drew parallels when we did, we spoke about Berardi, how his his character and his time at Leeds, very similar to Andy Hughes in that they set out to get Leeds promoted, they've achieved it and now they leave uh, job done, to quote the, um, the famous midget Billy Davis. They've done their jobs. Do we want to rename the award? I, I'm all for it. I think for next season we rename it. Yeah, I'm kind of open to the idea. The Gatano Berardi Hero of the Week. Yeah. Should we put it out to a vote? We can ask our TSB Plus subscribers this kind of thing, can't we? And let them decide because we don't want to make any Gareth Southgate's level mistakes. Okay, and if they make the wrong decision, then we can just ignore them. (laughs) (laughs) That's how democracy works. (laughs) I'll work out how to do a poll and I will stick it in one of the propaganda emails this week and we'll get um, the views of our dear listeners. I think Pablo obviously is a hero as well, but it passing from Andy Hughes to Berardi feels more, it feels more of like a, a the right lineage as opposed to Pablo, who's kind of his own, he's his own thing, isn't he? Pablo Award would be for like a through ball, you know, some outrage, a nutmeg, that kind of thing. Whereas um, all around sort of general heroics is, is more... Berardi's and, back, it, and it's about playing at your absolute ceiling isn't it again going back to what we spoke about when we did the uh, the special one-off about Berardi it's about pushing your limits and playing above yourself and beyond yourself and putting it all on the line not that Hernandez didn't but like you say it's a different kind of uh, heroics isn't it all those defenders in the England squad and yet Southgate still just ignores Berardi it's an outrage but the um, yeah it's, a, it's the reason why we didn't name an award after Robert Snodgrass isn't it it's the, the same contrast he can do skills that Andy Hughes could not but he doesn't get an award named after him so yeah we'll sort that out with them we'll see what people think well we'll get on to Pablo and Berardi in a second so first let's do all the non-league United player hero nominations uh we say thanks to people in the crowd who were wearing our t-shirts inside Ellen Road free advert you're a you're a walking billboard is what you are <laughs> they're and not we, walking we, billboards and we thank you for it as they're, well they're lovely people <laughs> who have uh, generously bought clothes from us and then um, it's a nice feeling that with Elland Road being open again for the first time in a year and you look in your wardrobe to decide what you want to put on. And it's something that we made. And that was quite nice that when the, uh, the cameras on BT, whenever they cut to the crowd, which they did as often as they could, not quite as often as Southampton, where I feel like I, 
I got to know every council taxpayer in Hampshire um, over the course of 90 minutes. But yeah, it was nice just to see, oh, somebody's wearing one of our shirts. A little bit of excitement every single time. I mean, I wear our shirts every single day. And it's reached the point now where I feel like I'm, it's slightly embarrassing now because occasionally from this podcast, people will say, oh, are you from the podcast? And obviously I'm, I'm wearing merch. It looks like I'm going out to be recognised. <laughs> I, I kind of feel now. It's like, yep, here I am, TSB'd up. I have I have had my name printed on the back of it, mine, just as, a, as an extra <laughs> as an extra thing there. But yeah, I, I mean, I own a ridiculous amount of square ball merch now, and it's it's all great stuff. And you can uh, you can get it at the squareball.net <laughs> forward slash merch. Yeah, um, let's nominate the Fonz as well for getting on board with the Leeds hype train. Which I mean, we spoke before. Was it on the the uh, the propaganda podcast about Oddy formerly of this parish? Uh, well, he's still alive. He's not he's not dead, by the way. He's just not on the podcast anymore. Him successfully grooming Gaetano Berardi. For a, for a number of years and staying in touch with him after we interviewed him in 2017. Congratulations to you, Michael, for successfully grooming a number of celebrities this year. First, it was Curtis Steigers, and now you're pals with Max Winkler, which in turn means that Max's dad, Henry Winkler, a.k.a. The Fonz, was pictured on socials and tweeting at you wearing a lead scarf. Would have been better if it was our merch, but, you know, maybe next time. I like the fact it was... It was one of the hooky lead scarves that you get from a stall outside the ground. I think it's a nice touch that it's like a. It shows that it's not the club that's done it. I think that's the nice thing because all the all these was it, players was it, was it a Jamie Bamford scar. All these players getting like the and Bon Jovi getting his his extremely rare zip hoodie with the training from the training gear range. That shows they've been sent it. This has been this has been brought by a Leeds fan to him. So I think I think actually it's Jessica Barden probably who needs the credit for this one. So, uh, so well done. And also well done to the Fonz for having one of the maddest living rooms I've ever seen because the, the chair he's on looks like a big plant and it's great. BT got a mention as well for actually showing the players after the game instead of ramming as many adverts in as possible. That that was nice, although watching it, I did forget that we were watching a, a broadcast for the general public. <laughs> and not LUTV. And not LUTV because <laughs> when it went off, I was like, fuck's sake, he's not even finished yet. I want to see, just do like an hour with, with the players at the, at the pitch sign. Well, the alternative is Chris fucking Sutton. Well, exactly. Just show a show the test card if that still exists. <laughs> right on to the Leeds United based nominations. Um, plenty in there. So should we save the, the the best to last? Alioski, you mean? Exactly. No, let's let's start with Stuart Dallas for all his awards that he's won this year, this season. He's been brilliant, absolutely brilliant. He's my player of the season. Uh, I mean, well, let's do, let's do an end of season awards run through on one of our podcasts. We'll do that. But spoiler alert: Stuart Dallas is my player of the season. <laughs> Okay, so that was that's that episode done anyway. Alioski did get a nomination for um, for the fact that West Brom is looking like his last game, um, and he's epitomised what what Bielsa's leads is all about. So that one came from Nathan. So it's weird that he's not been announced yet. What is what is actually happening with him? But we all we all are assuming that was his last game. But I, I guess think... I guess the contract is still there for him to sign yeah. if he wants. The, the contract's it. on the table till June the thirtieth. Well, that's it. And um, Victor Orta, when he he was making his speeches from. The stage at the awards, he said uh, goodbye to Barardi in Italian and goodbye to Pablo in Spanish. And then in English, he, he gave a message to... What's a show off? I know. He gave a message to Alioski saying um, that he was also complaining right at the start. He seemed to have a little dig at the fact that on the um, Amazon documentaries, even though he's speaking English, they put subtitles underneath him. <laughs> he's like, I, I hope you can understand me even without the words underneath my face to tell you what I'm saying. But his message to Alioski was along the lines of, you were my first signing here. We've been through loads together. I will never forget you. 
whatever you decide to do. And he, he kind of put a lot of heavy emph- emphasis and repeating it on, you know, wherever you go, whatever you decide to do. I will and, be right there. We're waiting for you. <laughs> and there was a big kind of... <laughs> Another one for the kids. I think he was trying to tug on um, the heartstrings and being like, look, look around you. Do you want to leave this? And um, and then it, it got... So accept that five grand a week. Yeah. And then it got mixed <laughs> up with um, Stuart Dallas later on when he was looking around for him, because he was wanting to say goodbye to Berardi and Pablo Hernandez. And, and then he was like, oh, and, and Alioski. But then I think that was, as I mentioned before, it was in case Alioski might be leaving. He didn't want to leave him out because Stuart Dallas is very nice and also was pissed out of his mind. So I don't think he would have been far away. He's like, you're my know, best mate and you're leaving. And I want him. Alioski's like, I'm not going. I haven't decided yet. Yeah, you'll go. They all go. Calvin's been nominated by Nathan. His best attempt to avoid Gareth Southgate's terrible football this summer. Sadly in vain, it looks like he's going to be fit enough to make uh, to make the Euros and he's there in that provisional squad. So uh, let's just hope he doesn't come back too damaged and his footballing sensibilities remain as good as they were before the break. Apart from the last minute reckless tackle when the Red Mist descended and he lost his head. Do you think one night during the training, Calvin will sneak into Gareth Southgate's hotel room and leave on his pillow, the head of the horse that hurts Michaela Bamford Knee Island, the uh, the beloved of Patrick, who is hopefully recovering. Should have nominated well. horses as villains, actually. It's true. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, who knows what uh, what kind of week Bamford had with them, with all that going on. But um, yeah, so twin revenge. Take that horse's head and uh, chuck it in Gareth Southgate's sleeping quarters. Bamford does get a nomination actually Ryan from Australia Lord Patrick Bamford is showing all the doubters my dad included that our fearless number nine does have what it takes for the Premier League finishing the season in the top five leading goal scorers in the league and before you piss your knickers about us saying Lord Patrick Bamford he's, he is now officially a lord because somebody's bought him a lordship where you can get those gifts it's like you know 30 quid to buy a little patch of land in Scotland isn't it normally a Scottish estate and then you can confer lordship upon the receiver of the gift and he now has that so he is officially a lord, just like his multi-billionaire uncle. I've always been quite, um, well, not always, but since he's started doing the uh, the Pat Bamford show, I've been quite reassured by the way that Jermaine Beckford takes the piss out of him for being um, a posh Tory as well, and he seems to take it in good spirit. So it was always uh, always the um, the gentle teasing, wasn't it? And it's only a bit of fun, isn't it? It's only a bit of fun, right? And there are multiple nominations, Liam Phillip, Liam Phillip, Andy, Liam... Uh, all that's different people, by the I way. Feel, I think like you just kept saying Liam and Philip then over and over again. <laughs> I'm broken, like a skipping CD. All nominating various people around the club, the hierarchy, just the general, the general, um, the entity that is Leeds United for a brilliant, brilliant season. There was a specific nomination for Rafinha as well, although it's it's essentially for stealing a flag is what he's being nominated for. When he, he Eric nominated him for uh, for trading his top for the Brazil flag that they. Uh, which which supporters group is it that had Ghoul. it? Ghoul, yeah. yeah. But they don't have any more, do they? <laughs> I assume they got it back. He just I mean, wanted it to run around the I pitch mean, for a bit. Ghoul, very reminiscent of the uh, of the coast there at Rio. It's got a port, hasn't it? Mm, it's got some seaside, hasn't it, surely? Yeah, a beach? The favelas of East Yorkshire. The <laughs> well, the favelas of East Yorkshire are probably quite accurate, to be perfectly honest. I think that's all our nominations, apart from Pablo and Berardi. Now, Berardi won the Hero of the Week last week, so... This week, does it have to go to Almago? Yeah, they can have one each. No point in sharing these things, is there? Yeah. <laughs> On that happy note, yeah. 
we, we spoke at length about Pablo on the uh, the Pablo and Berardi special. So if you haven't yet listened to that, I've listened to it. It might bring a little tear to your eye, but he's been brilliant. He's symbolised everything that's been good uh, so far about the Bielsa era, even though it hasn't finished exactly how we might want it to. And he might have uh, sprinkled a little bit more magic dust on the Premier League. He is a bona fide legend and a hero, and we will remember him forever. Elliot pointed out that when we've seen Hernandez cry before, it's generally been because there's something to cry about in a football sense. Whereas this, he's saying it's almost, this shows that it's an actual, it was an emotional thing, was this. It wasn't just, I failed professionally or something brilliant has happened professionally and it's made me so happy I'm crying. This was, I'm I'm going and Christ, (laughs) which is, I think, how everyone felt. The shot of him in the stand. That killed me. It was the one of, it's because he's by himself as well. It felt like he should have been surrounded by people hugging him. As we well, as we said on the match ball, we were all sat in here, facing the screen, probably uh, with uh, metaphorical blinkers on, thinking, "Can't look sideways because if I look at these guys and one of them's got tears in their eyes, I'm gonna go." Because I was right on the edge of it. It just, I don't know. It's funny, isn't it, what this game does to you? But brilliant in equal measure. Pablo Hernandez, then the final Andy Hughes hero of the week award, certainly of this season, maybe of all time, because maybe the trophy passes on into different hands next season. And I think that wraps it up, doesn't it, for the podcasts for this season. That's not to say that we're not going to come back and do more stuff. We are. We're going to have a week off next week and then come back and flip over to the Euro Ball. Well, we'll we'll laugh at whatever Janny's up to, provided he hasn't gone there, and uh, keep tabs on Clicky and Cocky and not Patrick Bamford. TSP Plus subscribers, they do get a podcast. We've got one in, we've got one in the bank for them, haven't we? So, yeah. you know, subscribe to that. If you miss us so much, if you can't bear us to have a week without us. You know something massive is going to happen just when we're uh, we're clocking off for the week, don't we? And I'm stuck in a uh, in a lodge somewhere in. Uh, I think we're going out over towards Lincolnshire. You exotic bastard! That's what it's all about. So yeah, thanks for listening across this season. We really appreciate it, and hope you've appreciated the the shite that we've waffled across the last uh, nine ten months. And um, there'll be more of it to come. Don't you worry about that. We're not done yet. We're all in on this now, and we'll sign off there. Then thank you for listening across the year. We'll be back after our little break with more and don't forget to check out the Phil Hay show this week as well with Victor Orta should be an absolute treat what a hell of a way to sign off for the season as well we look forward to it we'll speak to you then the square ball podcast planning for your next trip elevate your travel style with quince quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway like european linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.